What's up guys? Sultan of Strangles here, aka the Kimora King, aka the Ayatollah of Ankle Locks. In this episode, I bring in fellow WNX cast member Andrew Tackett. <clears throat> we talk about the show. It gets a little wild. I hope you guys like the episode. But before you tune in, make sure to go to Instagram and follow me at K-O-O-L-R-A-K at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu and at Rambling with Rack. Please check out my website, ImmortalsJiu-Jitsu.com. And if you're in the North Jersey area, come train with the fastest growing school in the universe. What's up, everybody? Sultan of Strangles here. And I'm here with none other than the legend. Guys, if you don't want to end up in a casket, then do not enter the bracket with Andrew Tackett. The, the, <laughs> the, the legend is here today. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing amazing, sir. How are you doing? You know, I'm just glad that I'm able to uh, catch up with you and that I'm able to, like, just, you know, put on a podcast with you. This is a pretty cool opportunity to catch up with a, with an old friend. Um, you know, I'm just excited for what's to come and what, what, uh, what uh, the sport and what this podcast has to offer. Hell yeah, man. Um, a lot of people have been asking me to do uh to do a podcast with you because it seems like you and, it seems yeah. like you and me were the one that that really stirred shit up most on the show so for sure that that's who people are mostly interested in hearing from so all right but, before before we get started i have a question for you what's up what what remind what do you think of when you think of ski mask now are you afraid do you have nightmares do ski yeah, bro. I literally, uh, after that, after that fucking prank, I was waking up in the middle of the night, some nights, thinking that I was being robbed or something. Worked better. But back Perfect. to the ski mask. When so, I see ski yeah. mask, I get chills down my spine because I remember that one time a bunch of psychopaths woke me up in the middle of the night to prank me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, you know... That was all fun and games. I'm really sorry, but you know, it's it's funny from my perspective. It's probably not funny from your perspective at all. But um, that's that's a uh, quite sad that you have nightmares from ski mask. <laughs> yep. Originally, originally when we were doing the prank, um, I was like, I was the one that kind of made up the prank. Like we went through a couple different options. We're like, should we uh, should we wax him? Uh huh. Um, which is just horrible. <laughs> should we? I also we also went over. Should we? Uh, should we bury him? Bury me? How the <laughs> fuck would that work? Uh, I was talking about like it was just a suggestion, but um, we narrowed down to the safest one. But for the burying, I was like, hey guys, we could like, you know, we could like tie him up, you know, dig a hole, bury him up to his head, and just have him a little bobblehead sticking out. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I know. Very, and, um, we thought the the least um, like physically harmful one was to jump you act like we were robbers with ski mask on um but i i do have to say it was probably the most like um how would i put this you know mindful uh harmless like it wasn't so like didn't harm your body but you know you're having nightmares from it so it was probably the 100 worst thing the worst thing we could have done to you mentally when i'm when I'm when I during that time I was so fucking pissed off and angry, but now that the show came out and everyone's fucking laughing and and they're like this is amazing TV, then I'm like, all right, it was worth the sacrifice. For sure. I mean, all the opportunity that we're gonna get out of just being complete idiots on that show is uh is gonna be great. Because I feel like um you know if we were more laid back and just like chill i don't think i don't think it would have been as exciting as it exactly was. So I'm, I'm glad i'm glad that we all went out there and you know just tried to make fools of ourselves kind of <laughs> do you want to talk about some of the stuff they cut out oh sure yeah no there's a lot of stuff that you know if we're allowed to do this i don't know if we're but if so, we are so then, yeah. what i told so so right now we are up to episode five right so they yeah. told me we're allowed to talk about cutout scenes up until now so oh, we perfect. can't talk okay. about what happens after. So we could talk about what's happened so far, what they cut out. And I'm surprised the stuff they cut out, bro. There was some real savage shit that they cut out. I, I think, you know, just for me, thinking it probably was cut out for, you yeah. know, purposes not to get in trouble. 
because uh-huh. we did do some pretty messed up stuff, and I feel like if we would have shown that, we all would have been in, <laughs> we all been in trouble. <laughs> the thing is, I think it would have got a lot more views. <clears throat> oh, for sure. I think it would have, too. I mean, like, the stuff that they put in, which, you know, is still gold, is probably 50% of the craziness that was on the show so far, in my opinion. Do you want to talk about um, a certain... Oh, uh... For sure. I mean, starting so, off with, I'll, with episode I'll, I'll one. Hint- that we can um, sounds great you know some people like coffee and yeah. some people like tea bags you want to elaborate yeah. um i don't think i have memory of this tea bag coffee let me think are we talking about renee are we talking tea- about renee when you teabagged someone oh against big dan yeah so, so, oh, so that math, bro, <laughs> yeah I'm there down, was I'm a down. lot of shit talking a lot of clubbing to the face you teabagged them at one point and they cut all of that out well, you know, so my, my like, uh, manner going into this match um, was I don't think I could have won by doing strict technique because he had such a grip strength advantage and such a, you know, um, strength advantage. If I would have went technique for technique, I would have just been overpowered. And um, therefore, like, you know, I could have won, but my beliefs was the best way to win was to break him like phys- mentally first before having that physical battle. Yeah. Because um, if I just went, went straight into having that physical battle with him, I, you know, I have full confidence in myself that I could have done it, but, you know, I think the chances would have been a lot less low um, because, you know, you have to gain that respect for your partner. Um, you know, in a fight, let's say we're fighting, um, mm-hmm. I believe if you don't respect your partner, you're not going to be alert of what they're doing. But if you respect them and, you know, if you have a little fear for them, you're going to be more aware to what they're doing. So yeah. I just tried to get him in that manner where he was aware of what I was doing and he was on the defend, not the attack. Because, you know, Big Dan is a very scary man when he's on the attack. Yeah. So my whole goal was get him on the defense, get him on the defense. And my belief was smack talk and gaining his head was the best way to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I did go a little overboard at some <laughs> points. Like I did go overboard. They um, cut all of it out, man. For sure. I mean, I was kind of sad that they didn't show because like um they never had audio of me smack talking him. I think they did. I think they just cut the, it out but, because that was the, loud. The, I could hear it from the back. But the only like the only time like was the smack talk was when I got out of the strain lock and was like that wasn't even tight or like I, I believe I they showed me saying like um, I thought you were stronger, um, <laughs> but uh, like they I was I at least said probably like fifty sentences through that whole match. Yeah, like I was yeah. I was kind of rambling. <laughs> and um, at what at what point did you notice that the break happened? Um, the break. Uh, you I, know, I've been breaking yeah, mentally. Yeah, um, let me think. I noticed it when I escaped the straight ankle and took yes. his back and took his back the first time so because I his remember... straight angle at that time was his best attack and when he saw he couldn't break you with that you could just see the demeanor I mean, completely changed for sure um yeah i uh, did he, I saw did he pop crack. you with that um my ankle yeah popped about like four times um oh. it was it was only hurting for you know like a two weeks week after uh-huh. but i i was you know putting on a show trying not to limp the rest of the reality show yeah um, because i don't remember you limping or complaining oh man oh man i i did not want to be that person that you know smack talk somebody and then got strangled by them but ended up winning and then the rest of the show they're just complaining about their ankles so i really sucked it up and was like nah man your ankle's fine it's not hurt <laughs> so so you were in pain the rest of that show and you hit it oh yeah totally my ankle was hurting really bad <clears throat> Um, wow, you, know, you people, hit that some... well, bro. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't figure that out at all. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to be a pretty crazy open book on the show, but um, I didn't want to show that. I didn't want to show that I was in pain. So <laughs> that's wild. That's uh, awesome. You know what but, I noticed uh, after that match? <clears throat> after that, that match, his entire mindset changed. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I mean, he started. He wasn't a really. He wasn't really too much into competing. That was like the one criticism. Then he started competing nonstop after that. For sure. And, I mean, I and he got second at West Coast trials and won European trials. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes it takes a brutal loss um, or just a loss in general to wake up, you know, the winnings. Like, I feel like um, when you take a big loss like that, 
you know, we've all done it. We've all been there before. I believe that always like sparks up, awakens a line within you. Yeah. Um, and I believe when we have a line awoken inside of us, you know, we're dangerous because we're constantly on that grind for wanting to be better. And we're constantly just, you know, seeking the top. But sometimes we get comfortable with like winning and comfortable with the position that we're at. So mm-hmm. we just stop grinding as hard. Like um, a lot of people, they get to spots in their lives and they just stop because they're comfortable in the position that they're at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been learning a lot lately that you constantly need to be driving to succeed and to better yourself, even if it means, you know, daily to daily stuff. Also, just did too. So I believe that woke up Big Dan and gave him that drive. Just like, I don't ever want to lose again, that mentality. And, um, you know, after that, he was a uh, freaking scary. He was killing everybody in the upper divisions. No, that that makes me wonder because a couple people, I talked to a couple people about this. If you did ADCC at at 99 plus do you think you could win i mean there's always that possibility so jiu-jitsu is a big is a big sport about stylistic yeah i believe jiu-jitsu was invented for the small guy to be able to out technique the big guy yeah um just like any martial arts kung fu is always the weaker one fighting back so uh you know i believe if i did that upper division i could have done very well because Mm -hmm. um sometimes like, of course, you know, I could have just gotten demolished. There's always that possibility. Uh-huh. But um, but I think it would have been crazy if I went out there and just was able to, you know, withstand everyone's storm. Because, you know, you take the attributes of a small athlete, athlete like uh, 170, 165, one, you know, even 180. Um, they're going to be more fast, more durable, um, and more aware mm-hmm. because they have less muscle and less uh, body weight to move around, but a bigger – taller um heavier opponent is going to have a lot more i'd say um control they're going to have a lot more ability to um to stay like firm in their base so you got to take each person's attributes um and like when you pair those two together it's like if the fast the um you know the more technical physical guy can withstand the control of the big guy so uh yeah i mean i think i could have done well but I probably would have broken something in the process because, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I almost broke my foot big dance, so I can only imagine a different big guy doing a, a different submission. So imagine. Like, always, oh, it would have been so bad. <laughs> it would so bad. That, that, but, uh, that, a lot of people like to talk shit. They say, you know, in the bigger and the heavier weight categories, the skill level is lower. So I always wonder. Uh, I always not wonder at all. You, you don't think so? No, I don't think so. I mean, maybe the the um, the less use for skill is there, but I don't think the skill level is lower. They have their like a big guy is. It's a lot harder for him to play guard. Yes, it's, it's just it is. It just is. I mean, you can have great guard players like you know Big Dan, Gordon Ryan that are still big, um, but it they're always better on top. Like a small guy has the ability to play both equally as good. Yeah. Um, I mean, some might make the argument that big guys can play guard equally as good, but I, be, you know, I believe the bigger you are, you should be on top. Like it's just that's that's your A game. Yeah. So I think they're limited to what they can be perfect and excellent at, and you know, their top game is just as technical as any other top game I've ever seen. Okay. Interesting. So I believe it, like littler guys, they have the ability to do more equally as good, and then big guys are limited to like what they can do perfectly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, there's just some examples, like a big guy can go inverted, 100% can, but it's yeah. going to take him way longer and way more time to work towards that inversion, um, at, versus a small guy, a small guy from day one can invert. Um, yeah. You know, a big guy can elevate people easier because he has very stronger legs, but you know, a small guy can get underneath somebody easier. Um, so, you know, there's, there's different things that different body types are good at. But um, yeah, that's kind of what I have to say. What would you that. say? What would you say, uh, as far as your body type, what 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 you say you're good at? Um, so you know, I'm I'm 170 now. I'm, I'm that's like my walk around weight. I'm trying to gain weight to like 180, 185. What were you on the show? On the show, I was 164 to like 162, like okay. anywhere from like in that range. Did you gain weight on the show? Um, I actually didn't. I was losing weight because, you know, my eating schedule, everything was just all messed up. For me, they got us so many ribeyes. I gained a decent amount of weight on the show. Yeah. Like, uh, I was like eating good. Of, like, like you gained like 
muscle mass, right? Yeah, because I was just eating steaks every night. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm used to just eating like ground beef, like loads of it. So like steak and ground beef, like they're not that far apart. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, but yeah, the the show it was crazy. It was definitely crazy as far as how we were working out and eating. Um, it yeah. was a, a total life switch for like three <laughs> three weeks. It was just totally my life was flipped upside down on what I was used to doing. Do you have a very strict schedule, like a strict training and life schedule? Um, so when I'm in training camps, as strict as I possibly can be, um, when I'm preparing for a training camp, so that's like, um, like I have like kind of phases. Let's say I'm uh-huh. a month out from a tournament to a month and a half out. That's strict, as strict uh-huh. as you can be. Now, let's say a month before that training camp, I'm, you know, I'm, enjoying like food i'm eating as much as i possibly can i'm trying to put on as much as like weight as i can and then when i get my training camp i try to lean down to try and get to like a a more lighter explosive weight Uh uh-huh but uh yeah i usually don't have super strict training schedule unless i'm in you know training camp my training camp schedule consists of uh weights monday wednesday and um friday um, at 9 to 8 a.m. Uh-huh. And like no gi training right after that um, at 1130. And then um, usually on those days, it's night class 530 to 630. And then sometimes I do the 630 to 730. Just depends how my body's feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, on yeah, I judge everything on how my body's feeling. And then, um, you know, apart from those days, Wednesday and um no Tuesday and Thursday sorry Tuesday and Thursday I just train jiu-jitsu I don't do any weightlifting on those days and then weekends I usually just judge it how I'm feeling I might work out twice Saturday once Saturday you know twice Sunday once Sunday but well, um, for the most part during the weekdays two days and then Monday Wednesday um, Friday three days okay that's awesome um, um, so yeah. tell us have you ever been in a street fight um, no, I've never been in a fight once in my life. I've, I've put some gloves on and sparred some of my friends. But uh-huh. they're just like, yo, Andrew, I want to spar you. Come on. And then, you know, I'll, I'll fight them. But it's that's not really a fight. But Trained no. or untrained people? Mediocre people. People that they're like, oh, I did. I wrestled in high school. Um, and what, I, do you, what do you usually do to them? You knock them out? No, no, that's so mean. I mean, these are people that don't know the level. So I usually just gas them out. Like I just go until they're gassed and they're like, I can't go anymore, man. Uh, I don't, I don't try and hurt them, but yeah. Um, Why? You got to yeah, teach them I, a lesson not to mess with you. For sure. But like, those are my friends. I don't want to like break the pride too bad. <laughs> like you get, like if I, if you just demolish somebody, um, it can, you know, mess them up mentally. Not a lot of people are mentally strong in this world. So you always got to be as kind as you can to people um, so they don't mentally break. And, uh, you know, that was the test for you. <laughs> you yeah. you honestly did not mentally break. Like, shout out to Mike Rakshan for not mentally breaking on the show. Because, you know, <laughs> that was my whole purpose of the show. <laughs> like, I, was just, I, just wanted, I just wanted to see you crack and, you know, try to murder me. <laughs> no, no, no. At the end of the day, man. Thing, one thing that I say, people ask us, you know, we were on episode five and we've won every single challenge. Um, Except for arm wrestling. Which wasn't a real challenge. Bro. Yeah, I, I mean, that's it. what I've told everyone. I'm like, not hey, they, they had, a, they had a, a Viking on their team versus, yeah, you know, less than mediocre. Like, we were all lightweights, like, except for Isaac. So they got, they have a fucking they giant. The- they have an all-star track athlete. They have a two-time world champion. Uh, and, and, and then Adam Bradley. Adam Bradley is a is a uh, you know he's won uh, all sorts of gi uh, Pan Ams worlds. Really? And he back yeah. Adam Bradley's a freaking beast. Well, I uh, I've you noticed one yeah. thing the red team was missing. What's up? They had no cohesiveness. They weren't they weren't working as a team. Yeah, I mean from what I've seen, I can't really say much because I wasn't there. But from yeah. what I saw, I saw more of the coach being, you know, a, a coach and a, like a, instead of like a, a friend, 
Yeah. And um, I feel like that fell everything, broke everything apart. Like they were all competing against each other. Exactly. Instead of, instead of trying to improve each other. Yeah. Um, but, that's, but I can't say that's just what I saw. It could. No, no, that that just is that is what happened. And the difference between us was, yes, we bust each other's balls. Yes, we. Yeah, talk but, shit, but we were we helping fought, each other. But before every challenge, we had a fucking team meeting. We talked about what the strategy was, what everyone, each person was going to do. So and that we, we and we respected it. each other at, yeah. at that point. It wasn't, oh, free for all. It was, how can our team get us through this? Exactly. And that's, um, that's why we've won every challenge up to now. And no spoilers, but you, you're going to see in the other challenges, it's going to be... Uh, it might flip. It might flip a little bit. The red team might start coming back. Just yeah. a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think they learned that team attribute towards the end. But uh, the next challenge is just crazy, man. Oh, oh man, that was probably the most adrenaline uh, challenge that we did. The next one, like that one, pumped up Are my you adrenaline the most. Serious? Yeah, not you know the, the first bull- one, not the, nah. not the second one. No, nah, I mean I wasn't scared of the bull at all, not one bit. The the next challenge, I was a bit scared. That's no. so funny. I I grew up around animals, bro. I I like I uh my sister, like I said, she used to teach horses, like um. She'd do summer camp. She was there all the time from ages, like, um, I believe, really young to, like, mm-hmm. ages, like, 15, 16, I believe. Like, she had her own horse. She would do horse shows around, like, everywhere. She was so good. So, I would just always be around horses, cows, and stuff. And, um, like, as a kid, me and my brother would go out there for, like, you know, hours hanging out with our sister while she you know, was teaching Wow. We would just go mess around, with, you know, make some horses or cows mad. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was like our fun. But... Wait, so what would you uh, – so that wasn't the first time you tackled a bull? First time I tackled a bull, but not first time I've been around one and trying to, you know, seeing what it can do. Wow. Yeah, I knew I knew what that – that wasn't a full-grown bull. Like, that was a bull. It had freaking horns, and it was way stronger than us. But it – uh. It wasn't like I wouldn't consider it a bull. From, like from what was... I remember, they told us a regular bull weighs around two thousand, and this one so one thousand five hundred. Yeah, this one was fifteen hundred or something. It was fifteen hundred. Either something was... around a thousand. It was definitely not a full see, size, it, but it it could if, still if easily. I, if I had to guess, the first bulls that we fought were like seven hundred, eight hundred. Which then... still, if that steps on you. It's it's oh, night night. It's gonna hurt for sure. Um, yeah, and then that one, in my opinion, weighed around a thousand, maybe a little more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, but um, yeah, that thing. Yeah, I just wasn't afraid of it. I knew what it could do to me, and I knew what. Like I was just like, yeah. I mean, this isn't gonna hurt me. I'm fine. <laughs> so, uh, so I wasn't really afraid of that challenge. I was more excited. Like my adrenaline was pumping due to excitement. Um, uh-huh. On the next challenge, my adrenaline was pumping due to fear, kind of. That's so. That's why I would I would not have thought that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. was like how yeah. much how much fame and publicity have you gotten from that challenge with the bull? From the bull challenge? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still going up because more people are watching the show like every week. Yeah. Um, because some people, you know, what some people are doing. I've had maybe a hundred people tell me this, like. They tell me I haven't watched the show yet because I want to wait till all the episodes come out and binge watch it. Wow. I've had so many people tell me that. So I'm like, oh, okay, that, that honestly makes sense. So they don't um, want to torture themselves and wait. That's oh, why. it's horrible. It's horrible waiting. Yeah, because uh they had but that little week gap for worlds yeah. where they didn't have people were oh, fucking two going weeks. crazy. I had so I went to the Pennsylvania you know, tenth planet Bethlehem and I taught a seminar out there. And um, they were all just going crazy. They're like, when's the next episode come out? They're like, Andrew, tell me. And I'm like, why are you mad at me? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I was like, I think Flo Grappling is taking a week off because they have worlds. And they were just like, that's not fair. I know, bro. People are fucking threatening me. They're like, dude, this is bullshit. Like, Damn, yeah. man. Y'all are excited. I know. Uh, I think it was really smart on Flow Grappling's part to do it like that because they could attract people that wanted to torture themselves and also people that wanted to wait. Um, so, yeah, I think I knew, I think they knew what they were doing in that. Oh, period. really? Okay. I, I, I thought it was just like IBJJF telling them, listen, it's world's time. Don't post anything else. No, I mean, so watch. 
if people were watching Worlds and the show, mm-hmm. the views would go down 50, 50, 75, 35. You don't know what it could go. Yeah. But if people are just watching the Worlds or just watching the reality show, the chance of more views, because that's all there is to watch, is obviously higher. So they just wanted to take a week off, let Worlds happen, let the you know the fame of that happen, and then a week after Worlds, then repost the uh, the show, the the movie. Okay, that 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 kind of that's what I think. Sense. That makes sense. But, uh, to me. Yeah, yeah. What what is um? So you said you got a lot of hype off of the the bull challenge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, any um, other crazy reactions from the show from you? I have some wild ones. Um, I mean, I, I believe I, me and Tim, um, kind of gotten like a little bit of a mini fight when we were grappling. Um, also just all the kind of smack talking I was doing around the show, the prank, the prank was crazy. Like, I feel like those are the ones that I kind of, those are the spots that I've kind of like. What's up guys. This podcast is now sponsored by Express VPN. Sending data over an unencrypted internet connection is like sending a postcard. Your message is wide open for the mailman and any of those other nosy people to see. Whether you're connected to an unencrypted internet network on your phone, computer, tablet, TV, etc., if you're sending countless pieces of information into the digital world that can be seen and intercepted by many different parties before they get to your intended destinations. Guys, go to expressvpn.com slash R-A-K for three months and a discount if you use my code. I will leave the link in the description. But a VPN or virtual private network creates a secure tunnel between your device and the internet. In other words, it puts an envelope around your postcard so no one could sneak a peek at your private correspondence. ExpressVPN protects you from hackers who try to steal your private information. Every time you connect to an unencrypted Wi-Fi network at airport, hotels, coffee shops, or even at home, you're at risk. A hacker connected to the same unencrypted Wi-Fi network can steal your personal info. With only basic computer knowledge, the hacker could even gain access to your passwords, financial details, or even your emails. ExpressVPN encrypts your internet connection using the highest standard of encryption currently available. If you'd like to take a hacker with a supercomputer billions of years to crack. Guys, I will not name what countries I've been to because I don't want to get killed, but I've been to some countries where Instagram, Facebook, social media is completely blocked by a firewall. And the only way you could view those things is a VPN. And thank God I had ExpressVPN on my visits and it made everything easy. I like to use DraftKings, which is a sports betting app. And if I'm not in New Jersey, it says, oops, not in New Jersey. You can't bet. But guess what? ExpressVPN, baby. I say, guess what, guys? I am in New Jersey, and I put my bets in. Another thing I like to do with ExpressVPN, let's say you're watching a YouTube video and it says not available in your country or song not available in your country. Guess what? I'm going to make my VPN in whatever country I got to be to listen. If you're trying to get married to someone rich overseas, um, put your VPN in New York City, even though you live in Timbuktu, get matched with someone, uh, fall in love, and move over there, all right? Your internet service provider can see everything you do. Us ISPs can legally sell your data to ad companies. UK and Australian ICPs are required to keep logs of websites you visit. The apps are used in the private conversations you have for one to two years. Governments, large corporations, websites constantly survey you and harvest your data for their own agendas. ExpressVPN puts a stop to that by encrypting all your data and hiding your location. Hey guys, ever um, have a conversation with your friends about something and the next thing you know, you're getting an ad? Yep, that's right. When you let your microphone um, give your microphone access to whatever app you're on, they could listen to whatever you're saying. You want to stop that? ExpressVPN, baby. ExpressVPN gives you unrestricted aspect, as, um, access to all parts of the internet. Many websites or apps are blocked or, or restricted depending on where you are in the world. Certain countries even censor the internet and don't let you access 
websites freely. Think of a YouTube video you weren't able to watch, a website you couldn't visit, or a sports match you were unable to stream. What about stuff that's cheaper in other countries like Spotify subscriptions, flight tickets, online games? ExpressVPN allows you to reroute your connection to a server in a country of your choice, making geo restrictions a thing of the past. All right, guys, uh, I hope you end up using uh, ExpressVPN. They're sponsoring the podcast. I'm going to put a link in the description. If you don't want to look at the link, it's expressvpn.com slash R-A-K. That is expressvpn.com slash R-A-K. Hope you guys use it. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Been in where where I've gotten publicity from. Oh, really? What do they say about the prank? They, if people are, they message me and they're like, they're like, dude, you might have took it a little overboard, but that was funny. (laughs) I know people, they kind of, they kind of like, uh, they feel bad for you, but they're glad that it happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Even looking back at it, man, I'm like, all right, if it, if it made good TV, then fuck it. Then I'm, then I'm sure it happened. I mean, that's my whole, that was my whole, you know, point of view going into it. I was like, you know, Kyle Chambers, Adam Bradley. Um, Isaac, Renee, Kurak, um, Big Dan. I was like, all these guys, I'm going to treat them like I treat my brothers when I'm trying to mess with my brothers. Uh-huh. You know, you're, yeah, I was uh, – so, yeah. Of your brother, I, I hung out with him after I, – I, I, went, I went to your gym after and I trained. I'm like, yeah, I lived with your brother for <laughs> anyway, let, let me guess. Let me guess what he said. He said, sorry for having to put up with Andrew Tackett for three weeks. Yeah. He, I, uh, I, I apologize for him. Apology too. He's like, yo, I am so sorry that that happened. <laughs> Not even. Oh, he's like, I'm so sorry you had to live with him for three weeks. I'm like, oh, you've been through it too. He's like, yes, yes. For, for 19 years. What pranks have you played on your brother? Um, I mean, we didn't really do a lot of pranks. It was just more me messing with my little brother and older brother constantly. Like what? Like, what would you do? Um, like, I would spray, like, air freshener or farting spray in their rooms <laughs> and shut their door. Um, <laughs> uh, like, me and my older brother, William, we shared a bunk bed from uh, from ages as soon as we were born until, like, ages four, 13. And then for me, 13, him, like, uh, 15. And then we moved to twin beds. And then he lived on – then he slept on an air mattress for, like, four years. And we were just always, yeah, we were just always in the same room with each other. That's cool. But yeah, me and my older brother have always had a crazy close relationship as we just, you know, we got on each other's nerves. Um, Like I used to get him in trouble all the time. What would you do? Oh man. I would like, uh, we like, here's a story. We were throwing in our backyard, um, like, you know, maybe a foot long, like redwood, like little mini, like red thick wood, like sticks. So like uh-huh. they're like they're super dense and heavy type of wood. Uh-huh. And we we're throwing, we were throwing them at our, you know, t- tire that we were hanging up, just like practice throwing. And mine bounced off the tire and ran to the window of the house. Uh-huh. And um, and we both got in trouble for that. <laughs> like, yeah, we we both got grounded and you know lectured for about four hours. So <laughs> so I used to get him in trouble like that all the time. So that was probably how he got most annoyed from me. But my little brother, you know, I was constantly messing with him. Um, oh, you were messing with him more? Yeah, my older brother, I never messed with him. It was, we had a mutual respect thing. We got in a fight once. Really? But, um, yeah, me and my brother only fought like one time. Who won? Oh, William, he demolished me. Wait, what happened? He, he, he picked me up slammy and said, Andrew, calm down or I'm going to hurt you. And I was like, okay. How old are you guys? <laughs> oh, man, I was probably like 14, maybe 15. And oh, he so was old like, enough to do some, like, real damage to each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. William had so much respect and just not hurting me. He was – William was definitely a good older brother. <laughs> wow. Like, like, if I, like, if I had gotten a fight – like, when Caleb and I got in a fight, we would just go crazy on each other. Uh-huh. And then um, who – who um, what started the fight between you and your brother? Uh, I believe it was like, – we were, like – so we used to work a lot with our dad. Uh-huh. Like, we would constantly work sanding cars – like one time we sand this like big tree chipper truck. We sand two of them. They were rusted like, uh, like it's pretty deep. So we had to sand it through the, to the metal to like uh-huh. get the rust out. And then we had to like completely get it all smooth and you know mask it. My dad would paint them, 
was uh-huh. uh, my dad was a you know he did all everything on a car he still uh-huh. does but um or, or you know we would just be moving shrap metal big boxes of like trash like constantly you know so uh i think we were moving working and i was like yo willie why are you working so slow and like uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just pissed because we were working so hard uh-huh. so, and he was like, I'm not working slow. And I was like, yeah, you are. And so we just got in an argument over that. Uh-huh. And, then it tur- and then it turned in to like us just freaking like me, like pushing him, him just grabbing me, picking me up, slamming me. And then, you know, just that ending it like that. Did your dad try to stop it or no? Oh, yeah. My dad, um, we ran over and like was he kind of just like stopped because he knew William was like controlling it. So my dad uh-huh. just stopped. And, you know, we got up and I got in trouble. And William was like. William was like, come on, man, why you did that? And I was like, yeah, I really don't know. <laughs> that was like the only time me and my older brother fought. But uh, Do you yeah. feel like sometimes we have to just let people get it out of the way and fight? Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, definitely sometimes. I mean, you, you, you have to keep them from getting hurt, but mm-hmm. you have to let emotions get out, you know. So biggest reason fights happen is because we have emotions built up on the inside towards that person. And then we just let it all out at once. So it's too much for us to handle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you definitely have to let it. But if you stop the fight, then that's like emotions that we're never able to get out. And uh, But, yeah, after that, you know, that was just respect from there on out. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, you know, there were many times growing up on the playground where I had to put people in the camel <laughs> crusher. And You got to tell me about them. Tell, <laughs> spill some stories. Yeah, you know, I was in sixth grade and uh, this kid asked me to, you know, this was before Columbine when when fighting was just allowed. He asked me for my lunch money and I said, no, man, I'm hungry. So he pushed me. Big mistake. Yeah, don't take my don't take Mike Rackshan's lunch money. Exactly. (laughs) Double legged him, pass his guard, put him in the camel crusher. He tapped. I didn't let go. And oh he woke up. He he woke up a new man. Oh dang! That's yeah, uh, that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You gotta you gotta change people for the for the good, and sometimes all it takes is a good thing. For sure, for sure. I mean, you know, mutual respect is the biggest thing. I think it keeps people, you know, people from getting mad, people from losing their temper. If you have mutual respect towards that person. One time exactly. someone told one time someone told me I was like, hey, what's the best way to keep a health, healthy marriage or a healthy relationship with someone? They're like 100 100. You know, you can't just give 50 50 expecting the other person to give 50%. You have to give 100 knowing that the other person is going to give their all as well. Like you can't have any room for not giving your all into it. So I think when See, you have mutual I have mutual an issue respect, with that. Why? What's up? Because, you know, um with my main girlfriend you know she gives me 100% of her time but it's tough because I tell her my side chicks need time too and she just doesn't under she doesn't understand that you know (laughs) I mean then at that point like she she obviously just really likes you so she wants you to give 100% as well but then isn't that not fair to the other girls I said I gotta make everyone happy but you you gotta make it you gotta um I mean, it's just what you believe. Like, do you believe you want multiple or just one? If you want multiple, then you got to make that clear to her yeah. so that she f- fully understands. You can't, you can't have, leave her like guessing that you just have to like fully let her understand, but it, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. See, that's how it works. That's how it works. <laughs> For um, sure. <laughs> speaking of women, what's, uh, what are your DMs been looking like since the show? Um, honestly, I don't, I don't, really, I don't talk to, I try not to talk to girls um you know i went through a time in my life where i was chasing girls left and right every second of the day and i you know lost sight of who i really was so lately i've just kind of been trying to focus on you know my path my journey where i'm going and um i can all that other stuff can wait because that's just spent time on you know on just like stuff that don't last so i'm trying to spend my time on something that's gonna last like a career um, interesting but what would you say your type is i already know your type and i was oh, pretty shocked but, i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say but uh, you know my type i i like <laughs> I mean, if i have to be honest you know i like all every can I, can I i like can I every give the girl man. A hint? uh no no i like all girls yeah i mean you're you're what like 160 uh 
170 now. Yeah, definitely. You like them larger for sure. Larger? I mean, yeah. Not, you're, not, you're, you're I, mean, not I like big girls, dude. I like all girls, man. <laughs> <laughs> the the heavy set ones more a little bit, though, right? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to say who I like more. I like all girls, man. Uh, <laughs> I just like girls. <laughs> uh, leave that. I'll leave that to the, to the viewer's imagination. So speaking of uh, speaking of wins and losses, you recently sure. fought against this guy who uh, I see pretty much compete at every event. He's a real tough dude, Andrew Cockle. Andrew Cockle, Cockle, Cockle. Oh, was it? Was are you talking about the time uh, on the suburbs? No, no, you just you just competed Submission. with him last week. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, what's, I forget the. I'm horrible with event names. I believe it was called finishers. Yeah, finisher sub only. So, yeah. Me, yeah, me and Andrew Cockle fought on the finisher sub only. We uh, we fought once at the Emerald City Invitational, which uh-huh. I will be doing this weekend. Guys, um, catch me this weekend in Syracuse, New York, competing at the Emerald City. Um, it's going to be amazing. There's, you know, it's a 16 man bracket. We're gonna be crazy. It's, we're gonna be fighting super hard. Um, you know, I'm going to be dead tired, I know, after that event. That event's going to be a war, so you definitely won't want to miss the war. Yeah, I, so I'm I, super excited for that. I'm super oh, excited yeah. for that event. I'm excited, too. You know, I feel I feel in shape. Uh, so I'm excited to just go out there and compete and test myself in, in, you know, in front of a lot of people, in, a, in yeah. front of, like, good people. Yeah, Emerald City's a lot of fun. It's a big crowd. There's a lot of publicity. Flow is going to be there. It's a great opportunity for everyone. For sure. But um, back on the topic of, of Andrew Cockle, um, I fought him Emerald City Invitational. Um, it was the first round. It was a very tough fight. We, um, I believe I took him down, passed his guard. He stood back up. I pulled guard, put him in a triangle, and then he escaped. And then I believe he took me down. Um, we were just scrapping. Like, I remember being dead tired from that match. We got to overtime, and I ended up submitting him in overtime. Yeah. Um, well, so, with a rear naked? Um, with a, yes, rear naked choke. Mm-hmm. It, was, uh, it was a very tough fight. Um, so we went against each other again on this, this, um, this term, tournament past weekend or two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he was, he was prepared. He was ready. He said he hurt his collarbone a couple of weeks Um a couple of weeks before, so uh, I didn't know what I, I don't know, but uh, he was a very you know, he was prepared. I felt him very good, but I was just able to you know find uh, the, the submission like six, seven minutes. I think it was six minutes into the fight. What did you um, beat him with? I beat him with you know, some people call it different names the arm triangle, pillow choke. Um, I call it pillow choke because it's kind of like I'm like laying on my pillow trying to put my ear down, but uh, yeah. Uh-huh. But I was able, you know, to pass his guard, go to mount, and finish him with, I believe it was a uh, right side pillow choke. But um, yeah, it was a good fight. It was a very good fight, you know. Uh, it was a good fight to test how my cardio was feeling and how my, uh, you know, skill was feeling. So uh, yeah, I felt good. Nice. And, yeah, uh, he's a tough guy, and I heard I didn't get to watch it, but I heard it was a it was an entertaining match. Yeah, I mean, I'm never gonna have a boring match. I just, you know, I said that to myself a long time ago. You know, boring matches are for for people that want to keep the sport of jiu-jitsu a little bitty sport. You know, we have to go out there and put on exciting matches, make people go, wow, I want to watch that again to mm-hmm. make the sport of jiu-jitsu grow. Like, so I just told myself that a while ago, like two years ago, I was like, you know, you're not going to have a boring match ever. So um, I, it doesn't matter if I lose or win. Like, I'm, it's going to be an exciting match. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that- mentality to have that's uh something gary always told me he said i want to go out there and someone who doesn't watch jujitsu i want to entertain them for sure i think some people win because they're better Mm -hmm. um and they're more um strategy sound i would Mm -hmm. say but some of us you know we just go out there and we put our all into the match you know doing what we're good at and try and win like there's i believe there, there's no better strategy but you just have to see what fits your game and yeah. that fits my game so i just i roll with it i go out there and i go crazy um speaking of exciting west coast 
I know for a fact your m- number one goal was just to put people in that police officer choke, uh, Kimura. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was it called again? Uh, I called the policeman. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't believe, I don't know who invented it, but um, <laughs> me, my brother showed it to me, William. Uh-huh, and, and you've uh, been I, just I, going I, crazy with it. Oh, I've, I do it as much as possible. I have some setups I like to do for it. Uh-huh. It's really hard to, to pull someone's hand behind their back. Uh-huh. So you have to kind of set it up on how you get the hand placement, you know, get their mind off of it and then just rip it behind. But um, yeah, I, I've, I've been drilling it for a while. Was that and, your main goal on West Coast Trials to hit that? Oh, it's it's my main goal on every tournament to hit that. <laughs> that's I, so I, funny. I, I, uh, I love that submission. It's such a great submission. Um, so yeah, that's my main goal on every tournament is just to hit that. Nice. Um, one One controversial match about West Coast Trials was – you versus Damian Anderson. Yeah, that match um, was crazy. So, so you guys have fought uh, on on Third Coast, where they changed the rules halfway because it was going too long, and it was Golden Rule takedown, and you won. Yes. Then uh, West Coast Trials happens, and he won by a ref's decision that a lot of people disagree with. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, I mean both both uh, you know Damian won. The ref said he won. And so, therefore, he won. enough. so, like, you got to listen to the rest. The rest are the best deciders. They're watching the match. They're the ones there. Like, you try to do better. The re- it, obviously, Damien won. Mm-hmm. Um, our third coast match was crazy. We fought 50, 45 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. I believe uh, he put me in three leg locks. I passed his guard. I don't know the exact times, but around five, five times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, it was just a, we were, we had a good pace too. Like, I remember people telling me, they're like, I don't know how you kept that pace. And Damien kept that pace for 45 minutes. Like you, we never really stopped and held each other. We were constantly fighting. Um, and they said 10 minutes out, they're like, okay, guys, in 10 minutes, we're going to put you into the golden score. And mm-hmm. we both said, okay, we both said, okay, that works. Um, so they stood us up 10 minutes later. They're like, okay, first to po- takedowns, you guys ready? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good to go. And we went. So it, it was a, cho- a mutual choice to do that. And um, um, I, I believe we could have been fighting for another two hours, maybe even we could have been fighting another year. Uh, you know, we could have still been fighting till today, but uh, took like a little lunch break and kept fighting. And you never know. So they did it for their closing time for their other fighter, other fighters. Their other fighters were, you know, they had to fight after us and they were tired. They were like, come on, I want to fight. So it was the best decision they could have made. And then the the West Coast trials, same thing. You know, we uh, we fought in the match. I believe it started off with me taking him down out of bounds. Um, I had uh, and then him taking me down out of bounds, and then I was able to get on like get him down to, and hold him in like turtle and have his back. Couldn't get my second hook in. He escaped. We stood back up. Um, I believe after that. That's when he took me out, down out of bounds, got on my back. And then I was able to shake him off, get double unders, um, get to his back. And then I believe I, you know, soup, like side over the hip, threw him down. Mm-hmm. And then he went to turtle, then pulled guard off of that. So it was just me passing his guard. And then the round finished with me almost passing his guard. I, he just had my one leg trapped. And uh, I believe it was outside, outside Ashi. Okay. And so the next, and then we went into overtime. And the overtime, I shot in. He spun around, took my back. I sh- shook him off, and then I, uh, I, um, oh wait, maybe I'm explaining this wrong. Maybe that was overtime. Um, that first sc- the scramble that we had over bounce, out of bounds, and I mm-hmm. over the hip tossed him. But um, I just remember, you know, the match just being crazy. I remember saying, I think I did more, and I remember him saying, like, I think I did more. Like we were just in that mindset where we didn't even know because we were so tired. And we like during the match, like the overtime, like I, I remember not being able to think about technique. Like I didn't, even, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just completely relying on muscle memory. And instinct. yeah. And I bet you he was doing the same thing because at that point of being that tired, like I just, you know, I was horrible. But um, so yeah. Do you want to run it back with him? And oh summer? yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're Probably definitely no gonna be time limit. We can do points. We can do it's it's whatever um, rule set wants us. I was trying. I want to get in on who's next. I mean, sorry, who's number one? Um, yeah. Like in the future or whenever you know we're ready. But um, 
because, you know, we're 1-1. Both our matches have been so fire and close, so I think we could put on a show for another one. And, um, yeah, it's going to be crazy. I'm, I'm, that's, I, definitely, that's definitely a match I'd like to see. Uh, oh, and, yeah. And uh, everybody would like would to see sub see only no time limit so that there's a deciding winner. Sub only no time limit. Dang it. Okay, yeah, we could do that. I, I, I feel like we're going to be there a while, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely a lot down. of. A lot of people are hitting me up asking me about season two of Who's Next, and yeah. uh, and I've been I've been thinking about some people that would be good on the show. Uh, I I always wondered, you know, they chose a bunch of wild guys, a bunch of quiet guys. What are your thoughts on season two? Just a bunch of wild guys in the house, like a bunch of tackets and Sultan of Strangles is on in the house. I yeah, I think they need a bunch of like Conor McGregor's, like yeah, that type of that type of uh vibe but it, it also depends how you want like do you want a crazy show or do you want a very like um like show that makes you think and stuff so they, they it's just whatever way they want to go towards mm-hmm. if they want just a show that's going to be creating a lot of drama then yeah obviously a bunch of you know sultan of strangles uh andrew tackets but uh yeah i mean i think that their pickings was perfect this time so i don't think there'd be no no way they should change it. Um, so like next time, I think they should keep it the exact same way because obviously the show did good. Yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like they would, they would need to change it up any and risk it being different. Um, who would you yeah. pick? Who would you pick for the second season? I haven't even thought about that to be honest. But okay, if I'm thinking right now, it's only up and comers. Like, am I thinking right? I mean, on our show, it was not up and – they said it was up and comers, but we had multiple, multiple world champions in the house. But what they meant by up and comers, people that aren't like – like people that are up and coming to get into the top ten. Okay, okay. Or, okay. or like – and some up and comers. Got it, got but, it. Uh, but that's – I think that's what they were going after. But if I had to choose again, shoot – I mean, I would try to have Damien on the show. I think he would be good. Yeah, um, I mean, Damien's already high up there, though, so I don't, I don't know if he's considered an up and comer in that like aspect. I think he's already too far past that. Yeah, um, I mean, they could even maybe put Ethan because Ethan hurt his knee and now he's climbing back up the ranks. You know, Ethan Crownstein, mm-hmm. and I believe you know he's a he would be great on the show. Uh, try to get, I think, try to get J Rod back. I don't know, J Rod's not really up and comer anymore. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> how the show came out. I'm happy the show came out after trials because that round with Renee, everyone's like, yeah, J-Rod obviously smokes Renee. And then the match happens like, holy shit. For sure. I mean, oh, <laughs> like Big sure. Ben, he won European trials. He's going to kill it was, it was... Hello? Support for Rambling with Rack is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code RAKRAK at manscaped.com. And if my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Guys, Manscaped has truly changed my life. Y'all know Middle Eastern men. We got some serious dense forestry down there. I have tried everything. I've tried the -the over-the-counter buzzers. I have tried straight razors. I have tried regular razors. And nothing has made manscaping easier than Manscaped. All right, guys. So the Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived. And oh, man, is it a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Guys, the ball deodorant, all right? Let's say you're on your last set of leg press at the gym and your girl hits you up, says, what are you doing? You don't have time to take a shower. You just take a quick little um, whiff of that ball deodorant, wipe down there, and head over to her house. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0, the trimmer is a future of grooming, and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever. 
Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is a waterproof and also has 400K LED spotlight you need for more precise shaves. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. Guys, as an Iranian man, I could attest to you that when using a regular buzzer, uh, if you go to my bathroom floor, it literally looks like you just entered the Amazon rainforest. So having the trimmer right now has made my job so much easier. You thought that was good. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas. Your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping worldwide with code word RAK, R-A-K. Get 20% off free shipping with the code R-A-K at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code word R-A-K. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Hey, man. Is everything okay? I don't know what the hell happened at the... Wait, uh, it's no longer coming through my... It's no longer coming through my headset. Oh, there's water coming through your headset? No, the, the volume is no longer coming through my headset. Oh, can you hear me or no? I can hear. Oh, now I can hear you. Perfect. It's okay. working. Yeah, I no, don't know. What uh, so, Howard, are you going to connect the three uh, podcasts together? Or how are you going to do it? Does it keep shutting off? Uh, yeah. So what I'm going to do at the end, I'm going to edit them all into one thing. So it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to all do. Right. I wanted to back do, on topic. Back on topic. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, everyone, you know, Big Dan versus Tackett. Everyone's like, yeah, Dan won European trial. You're going to smoke this guy. That sure. was an upset. J-Rod and Renee was an upset. There was a lot of – oh, Andy Varela. He, what did he do? He was like sec, second place in trials or something. And I was yeah. like, yeah, he's going to get on the show. Next thing, the guy's arm snapped. So For sure. I believe Andy Varela – I mean, he was telling me he had a hurt arm before he went to the match. Yeah. Um, so uh, that always factors in. But you never know. It could have not. But I just don't know. Um, I, I mean, it did look like he tapped a bit early, don't you think? Like his arm – yeah like like usually if you're if you have that big of opportunity someone goes for that type of move um you don't tap just quite that early maybe he freaked out and tapped there's always you know a possibility yeah i mean you let your fucking leg almost break you know yeah i wasn't about to tap man i would have let it broke it would have been broke it would have been broken (laughs) and i would not have tapped yeah wow he would have been he would have been cranking on a rubber foot and i wouldn't have tapped that's terrifying yeah, I, I was I was not not tapping. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't brought up, uh, Cody Steele. Cody Steele and like oh, and as far as like how I season treat two. him, season Cody, two. Well, Cody Steele's not an up and comer, man. I mean, I mean, I guess he could be on, but I in my eyes, Cody Steele's not an up and comer. But yeah, if 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 they want to have Cody Steele on, man, Cody would be oh man, a freaking character on that show. Yeah, Cody, he's... Cody's. Cody's a calm person, go with the flow, but he doesn't take anything from nobody. So, like, if someone gave him something, man, he'd give it right back immediately. Yeah, bro. When I uh, when I met him, I was expecting this psychotic, crazy dude that suplexes people, and he's just the most calm, nice guy I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Hulk. That's Hulk. That Cody's motto, basically. He's like. He's just trying to be as kind as he can to people. You know, you never know what people have been through. So you got to treat everybody equal. Um, So that's kind of his motto. He never treats anybody differently. Everybody's equal. Um, Have you ever seen him uh, knock, I mean, knock anyone, like fuck anybody up? In the gym? Or at the gym? uh, I've never seen Cody get in a street fight. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, I think he's been in a lot. But uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he was on yeah. the podcast, and we did a whole section on street fights. He had a decent amount of them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he hasn't told he hasn't told me all of them, but I know from what he's told me, he's been in a, quite a few. That's awesome. But um, yeah, Cody's definitely a character. I think he'd be great on the show. Yeah, um, I think another person that would be, you know, fantastic to put on the show would be um, who's another up and comer that's just exciting. Uh, Who's, or, what type of person is uh, Jackson? Jackson, um, Jackson. Honestly, he's he messes with people a lot. He's constantly. He's kind of like me, I'd say a little bit. I mean, yeah. in some in some ways, he likes to mess with people a lot. You know, he's happy, funny. So yeah, uh, Jackson. Jackson would be good, but he's like Jackson's fucking twelve years old, and he already has like twenty MM, uh, Muay Thai fights. He's, I believe, he is uh, about to turn fifteen. Or 14. Um, I believe he's 14, about to turn 15. But and yeah, he already has a, so many fights. Oh, he's a little beast, man. He's constantly training. Um, Jackson is... Uh, he, his striking is unbelievable. Really? Oh, yeah. His striking is just a different beast. He's great at jiu-jitsu, too. Don't get me wrong. He's fantastic at jiu-jitsu, but his, um, his striking is crazy. Uh, maybe even if my little brother does great this year and they have like the show next year, maybe my little brother could get on the show. It just depends. But um, what's his name? Caleb. Caleb. Okay. And yeah, what belt Caleb, is he? He uh, he's a green belt. So like, I mean, I, I believe you know they don't let kids on the show. So like, is I I don't think it'd be a good <laughs> good tournament for a kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, maybe when Caleb's older. But yeah, Caleb's definitely going to be an up and comer soon. Uh, yeah. We're we're trying to put him against people that are extremely good people that we think like could make it to the second day in trials people that we're, we're putting him against them just to give Caleb that vibe mm -hmm. and competition level. And that's all that he's practicing towards to be. Um, I feel like the mistake that I made is I never was accepting fights that were on that high competition level. I was constantly accepting fights that were like my level. Why not? Um, I was I was just competing at like Nagas as a kid, BFAs. Um, I was always competing against other kids growing up, and um, and then I, you know I'd go to Pan Ams and stuff. But I should have been doing more like high level belt tournaments quicker on. Uh -huh. um, I believe the first high level belt tournament I did was when I was fourteen or fifteen, and I fought in the On It Invitational against um against you know decent black belts, but. Uh, I like I, I wish I would have been doing like bigger promotions uh, faster. You know what I mean? What are some things you're are, that are on your schedule for this year, other than the who's number one and uh, you know stuff, other tournaments? For sure. I mean, we have the who's number one grand finale uh -huh. um, coming up in July. I have Emerald City. You know, this weekend after Emerald City, I plan on doing the Austin Open. Um, after that, I plan on doing the uh, American Nationals. Um, and I have a few more things up, up coming after that, but that's just like a little hint on what I plan for the next, you know, two months. Okay, cool. And yeah, uh, how long are you gonna be in lot. New York for? You should probably drop by Immortals. Yeah, no, that would be great. I'm gonna be in uh, New York from Friday night until Sunday morning, so I can come in by. Uh, oh shoot, you know, I can come by Friday or more. Saturday morning. I don't know what time I'm fighting though. I might be fighting in the morning or night, but well, you let me know. We'll figure something out for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, maybe you could come down and watch. That would be cool. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about driving up and watching. It's see, uh, I don't. I don't have a coach. No coach is going with me. You could be my coach. Get in for free. I mean, maybe. if you're if you're serious, I'll do, <laughs> if you're serious, I'll do it. I literally don't have a coach. Are you gonna wear your uh, who's next blue rash guard? No, I'm wearing a uh uh Hadrio Cumbrao black rash guard uh -huh. and a um or a Hadrio Cumbrao shorts and a level black rash guard, but one of the two. Um right. but I'm definitely walking out with a cowboy hat. All right. I mean if if uh if that if that if yeah. I, if I will well, uh, you to the word and I'm fucking coming, dude. I'm gonna we'll, we'll uh we'll uh we'll talk about it after the podcast. But yeah, <laughs> that definitely could be that definitely could be Sounds something good. Well, <laughs> we we just hit one hour. And uh, that was fucking awesome, man. Thank you so much. What are some uh, last words you wish to say to the fans? Uh, you know, you guys, uh, I like it's 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 fun because when I'm trying to put on a show for people, I always do better. 
rather than when I'm trying to put on just like trying to win matches. So the more people that I have like supporting me and like wanting to watch me, I feel like the better I'm going to do. So please just keep watching guys and keep supporting me. You know, I'm trying to put out that you shouldn't be afraid of anyone that, you know, we're powered by a different source and that's um, Jesus Christ. You know, we're, we get our power from him. So as Amen. long as I get, as long as I get my power from him, I'm afraid of nobody. Um, so yeah, fearless. I love you guys. Like, let's go. This is a, and you know, this is a great, great time. So I'm just going to keep fighting and keep supporting me. Amen, brother. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Yo, love you, man. Love you too, man. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Hope you liked the episode guys, but before you leave, make sure to follow Andrew Tackett at tackett.andrew. Make sure to follow me at K-O-O-L-R-A-K, at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu, and at Rambling with Rack. If you are in the North Jersey area, please come by and join the fastest growing school in the universe, Immortals Jiu-Jitsu.